you're not retiring at 65. Like, don't think it's like hitting 40, so you only got like 20 years of work left. You might as well just stick it out in your job that you don't really like. No, keep changing. My challenge is like each decade of my life, I want to live somewhere else. I want to do a different job. I want to try a different pursuit. I want to see what I can do. And that kind of like change, like you got this one life to live. Why are you sitting in one one spot in one job, not challenging yourself, not growing, not learning, not developing? Do more. This is a really fun podcast episode to be a part of as I chatted to fellow entrepreneur Robin Davey, who is the CEO heading up Robin Davey Creative Studio. Now, prior to this episode, I saw on social media that Robin had relocated from Johannesburg to Hamburg uh, while still running her company in South Africa. So to me, this was incredibly intriguing. I immediately got in touch with her and within a week we set up this call so that I could get all these burning questions off of my chest. How the heck did she manage to relocate to a European city whilst having a team of 15, juggling multiple roles as a CEO? And the best part, for me at least, was that she was breaking the so-called norm by starting off completely fresh in a foreign country on her own in her mid-30s. That is incredibly inspiring. As we head to our 40s, we really don't need to follow the path of what we think is success. Even in our 20s, by settling in one city, by buying a house, starting a family. Okay, I can literally go on and on, but let's get straight into this episode and enjoy. I've got so many questions already. This isn't your first first rodeo stint overseas. You've done Los Angeles. Did you do Asia? I've done Los Angeles. I've done China and Japan. Um, But yeah, this is the... the, I I feel like this has been the first real, like, conscious choice of of moving overseas. Like, being fully awake to the process of it and the decision-making and stepping into it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so different at this age that we're at, right? It's very different. Exactly. You're not exactly. doing any little job on the side just to get by like we were when we were young. Yeah, yeah. I never thought I'd be like mid-30s. Like it's, it's just a very unconventional route to take, I think. Like we were supposed to like get your white picket fence, get your mortgage, get your kids, do the whole thing, not be a single and 36 and moving across the world. So, yeah, a little bit of a different thing to do. Now I want to hear how we got to that. But firstly... <laughs> Let's maybe rewind a bit. So maybe let's, especially for those who are tuning in, I know quite a few entrepreneurial friends who are going to be so excited to listen to your journey because it is, although you say it's not conventional, it's super inspiring to not follow the the norm of what we expecting will expect of ourselves, I suppose, as well. Yeah. How did, let's rewind way back in terms of studies and how you actually got into entrepreneurship. It's a really good question because it never felt like something that was determined or like thought out or planned or anything. I just kind of, it, it it makes it sound so like easy to say that I fell into it, but sometimes these like steps kind of line up and you find yourself moving from one space to another. I studied a BA corporate communication and I majored in psychology, which definitely isn't entrepreneurship, but have been skill sets that have definitely helped me with marketing and advertising and human behavior and body language and all of that. Um, I've always been like, there's always been some kind of side hustle of selling something and making something and like something going in the background, whether it was like jewelry or vintage clothing, little projects, little things going on. Um, and always loved like hanging out with my friends who ran their own businesses and chatting to them and be like, okay, cool. Let's, let's strategize. Let's make a thing happen here. 
Um, and then living in Los Angeles about 10 years ago was the first time a friend came up to me and he said, I need headshots. He was an actor, obviously we were in LA and I was like, okay, cool. I have a camera. I don't know how to use it. I don't really know what I'm doing, but yeah, I took some terrible headshots of him. Absolutely terrible. Um, but this kind of spark ignited and I was like, all right, this is, this is pretty cool. I didn't know people would like pay you for something that you were just passionate about, that you just did as a, f a fun thing on the side. And yeah, then catapulted 10 years later, here we are, 15 member team, huge business growth, multiple revenue streams, different offerings. So it's great. That is, <laughs> it's so funny to me sometimes because I, there's a lot that I can relate to and I'm very similar in always, you know, especially when chatting to people about starting businesses, I get so passionate and like wound up and I want to be involved and I just want to start all these things and be involved. But when I hear someone else say it, it sounds like a bit overwhelming because I feel like, where, how, how did you get there? Uh, <laughs> and I know, I know people listening might feel the same, especially those entrepreneurs who are struggling to balance um, stepping away for the from their business and getting help, external help. Like, how did you get to the point of building a team and having fifteen employees? Like, how did you ever have any investments or funding, or how did you navigate that? Yeah, I actually wish there was more support. Um, looking back in hindsight now, and like the conversations I'm having with people now, like I would love to create something that does offer more support, especially to female entrepreneurs and business owners because I just bumped my head along the way. I think I had like two business coaching sessions way back when, and otherwise it was just like, okay, let's try this and see if this works. Oh, it doesn't work. Let's try something else and see if that works. Oh, that failed miserably. Um, in terms of investments and funding, there wasn't any of that at all. It was just taking a small client base and a small project line and slowly scaling it up, scaling it up, um, starting to take on people even before I was ready of that risk of going, okay, I I need to free up my time. I definitely, I got to that point of like age 26, 27. I was like, I've reached a financial ceiling. I could not make any more money. I'm working seven days a week, sometimes 13, 14, 15 hours a day. I'm shooting, I'm editing, I'm admin, I'm marketing, I'm creative direction, I'm financial direction. I'm doing everything within my company. And it just doesn't make sense anymore. I was burnt out, I was exhausted. And then I was like, okay, Whatever this is going to cost me, I need to start taking on people. I need to see that as a as an investment that I'm making in my own business and in myself. I need to be able to separate myself and my ability to make high-level decisions from training and mentoring a team and giving them the roles and tasks that are incredibly time-consuming and that I don't need to be doing, basically. Wow. And so you obviously mm -hmm. started small and started with what you could afford to outsource yeah, exactly. and, and capacity. Yeah, exactly. As that's yeah. incredible. And then, so just for those listening, of course, so photography was sort of the basis of where you started off with, and then you opened up your studio in 2021. Yeah. So kind of the pandemic was actually this catalyst for change for us. We obviously went into lockdown. Every single shoot was canceled. Our entire revenue source just dried up within a couple of weeks. I have never been so panicked in my whole life. And we went, okay, we've got to do something. What what can we do? What other skill sets does our team have? Graphic design which is, is an easy one for photographers. They tend to have gone to some kind of college or university that teaches them graphic design as well. So that was easy to kind of pivot into that. And then um, one of the natural light studios that we were using during the pandemic as well uh, closed down. So it left this gap in the market. We were suddenly stuck with 
no exterior places that we could shoot in, no safe areas that we could shoot in. We couldn't shoot in parks anymore. We couldn't shoot at restaurants. We couldn't really go to people's homes anymore. So to create a studio that was this big wide open space with these big pivoting doors, a lot of airflow that we were allowed to shoot in was the the best option. So even, yeah, it was January 2021. It was a terrifying time. We didn't know if this was going to work or not. I pretty much took all the furniture from my own apartment to decorate the studio because that was what the budget allowed at that time and January as well. No one has money in January. So it was a, it was a huge risk. Um, but yeah, we are two and a half years later and the studio is going strong. So it, it paid off. Wow. I think why your story is also so inspiring is because you're one of the few creatives, like I don't want to put everyone into the same bracket, but especially the creatives who I'm very good friends with and who run their own businesses, even up until the point that they've been doing it for 10 years, they're just doing it themselves and struggling to sort of get by. And sometimes I've got to wonder, like, is it, is it, have you just been really business savvy and fortunate in that sense as well? Like not just a creative, because sometimes, you know, you feel like the creators say that they're lacking in the other areas of like managing money. And because I just, I'm fascinated at how you made it work and, and built a team and yeah, from, from coming from photography and then scaling in the creative world. It's really impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think it's a it's a multi pronged kind of uh, answer to your question because first of all, that like creative brain and math brain has been completely debunked. I think a lot of creative creatives fall back on that as their kind of excuse, like, oh no, I just want to make art and stuff. I don't know how business works. My brain doesn't work like that. It's it's complete bullshit if I can say that. Um, but yeah, we we know that our brains are capable of doing both, of handling the creative side and the business side of stuff. It's just about actually challenging yourself to do it and actually upskilling and doing some courses and getting online and figuring out the ways to run your own business. Um, and then I think the the second option, uh, the second answer, and again, I'm I'm calling bullshit because it's these creatives who do have this kind of like I'm a special special snowflake. And I'm the only person who can answer emails the way that I can and edit photos the way that I can and run the business the way that I can. But actually, there are potentially people out there. They're not potentially. There are definitely people out there who can do these aspects of your your job and your business even better than you can. My photographers take better photos than me. My editors edit photos better than I do. My admin team answer emails better than I do. And that frees me up to be like, okay, cool. What else can we bring in? What other revenue sources are there? What other opportunities and, and spaces can we grow in? So it is almost like a a bit of a bit of an ego check, I think, to say, actually, you know what? There are going to be people that are better than that this than me. And isn't that an exciting chance? Isn't that a great opportunity to tra- to train someone and mentor someone and make them grow and bring them into your business? Oh, totally. That's so, so true. Sometimes now that you've said that and, and calling bullshit, it's not just multi creators, it's also a lot of entrepreneurs. I think there's this Mm, I don't know if it's like limiting those limiting beliefs that they have that they almost um, like to suffer and do it all themselves yeah. sometimes. Um, yeah. Eh? Yeah. I, yeah. We get this obsession with like hard work. And if it's not hard, if you're not working that 16 hour day, you're not doing it right. Exactly. And that's, yeah, completely the incorrect approach to have. It should be smarter work, not harder work. Totally. And especially for us at our age, I think we've lived through that. So like if I look back at my my London days, that was 100% 
you had to graft and work hard and put in the late hours and be exhausted and your sort of health and nutrition had to take a sidestep because that wasn't as important. And it was, yeah, yeah, it was a total different era that we were exposed to, which I'm grateful for. (laughs) Yes. No, I think we needed that in our 20s. Like you do need that kick in your ass and you do need to see like what hard work actually looks like. I think you have to go through the hard work to come out the other side and see what smart work is. So it's a it's a journey. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um, and now also, I've, I've actually when I was consulting at a business, also working with um, younger younger sort of employees, it's interesting to see how they enter the workspace and how they push back and go, no, actually, that's after hours. I need to look after my mental health. And then on the one side, I respect it. And on the other side, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you don't know how lucky you have it. Like, I didn't know what the hell mental health was when I was 23 and grinding and crying at night because I wasn't happy in my job. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do love uh, how how fun and exciting Gen Z is. They're, they're a great generation. And, yeah, that, that kind of perspective that they have is awesome. But I do struggle to hire them or at least to retain them even as team members. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's frustrating because we go through the process of onboarding and training and mentoring, and then three weeks later, it's like, oh, you need me to come to work like every day? I actually, I can't be there for that. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm so glad we put in all the effort of training and onboarding you, and you're done. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. So how? So your team is still in in Joburg. Yes. You move exactly, and why did you move to Hamburg? Like, I need all the deets. So I have wanted to move to Europe probably for about five years now. Um, I've been trying to find every possible avenue of studying or working or whatever there is, every digital nomad visa I've been looking into. I feel like I know more about every country in Europe, how to get into it right now and which one is the hardest and easiest. Uh, Germany, as it turns out, is one of the easiest ones. And it had never been on my radar. I'd actually had never been to Germany before until October last year. Been to a lot of Europe. But Germany was always just like, oh, no, it was never appealing. Came in October. It's beautiful. It's really lovely. It's first world living, of course, but it's it works and sufficient. I want to make the point, but they have electricity here, which is <laughs> really quite mind-blowing. Like all the time there's electricity, which is just, it's it's magical. It's really lovely. Um, so after my trip in October last year, I was like, okay, let's, let's see what this process is. And I applied and I got a freelance visa within three months and sold everything that I owned, packed a few suitcases and got on an airplane and, and moved to Germany. Oh my word. That yeah. Is, yeah. That's awesome. That really is awesome. And, and so you, you have a few friends, um, where, where you're staying as well, right? So, you know, people. So, yeah, so it's nice because my cousin moved here last year, so I have a little bit of family support, which was great. Already getting here and uh, at least having somewhere to stay for the first couple of nights and, and having someone who knows the lay of the land kind of thing. And then, yeah, moved into a flat share, which was actually awesome. I think there's something really great. I've been living by myself for like six years and actually really fun having flatmates again and making meals together. And I got really lucky and got really amazing flatmates. So we've become friends, which has been really awesome. And yeah, it's it's just been nice. I've actually been so blown away by how friendly everyone is. I made a friend on the train the other day. I've been like making friends here and there and I've really built up like a really nice group of, of friends and a nice network as well, meeting some other CEOs and people in business. And yeah, so it's crazy that it's been two and a half months, but it feels like it could have been two years already. 
Jeepers. And then, so how are you operating? Are you still doing exactly what you were doing, but just remotely? Yeah. So um, I wouldn't have been able to leave if I wasn't at the point of such confidence in the team that I have. And that's what I said to them when I left, like the managers and the supervisors, everyone is is so top notch right now. We've never had such a like beautiful, like cohesive, succinct team and being able to know that I can 100% leave and, and trust them and know that they're, they know what they're doing. They can run things. They were just like, okay, why get on a plane kind of thing? Why, why are you still here by the end? So it was nice to to have that confidence and, and to be able to step away. And then basically, whether I'm running my business from my apartment in Johannesburg or an apartment here in Hamburg, it's it's the same thing. We're in the same time zone, which is helpful. We do our Tuesday mornings as our Teams meetings. We jump on and chat to every department of the business. And yeah, it's been it's been pretty streamlined and, and easy. Wow. Okay. So this is a this is a question that I know other people also have. How are you making entrepreneurship work in Europe on a South African income? Or do you have overseas clients as well? <laughs> yes, this is a, a very good question, especially since um, even though I sold everything before I left, I brought all that money over here and it basically just disappeared when you transferred it into euros. I was like, I've sold my car, I've sold all my furniture, all this money, and I can buy like one cappuccino <laughs> when I get to <laughs> get to Europe so no that's it's it hasn't been the easiest transition and and my business has taken a knock this year with what's going on with the economy in South Africa and load shedding and ESCOM so um yeah it's it's definitely been one of the toughest financial years we've had and not the easiest time to move to 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 the currency of euro during that um but I think mostly I'm giving myself a little bit of uh, space and a little a little bit of breathing room so it has only been a few months since I've arrived I have started uh talking to people I've built up a website and a, and a social media page for our offerings here um I've actually already started chatting to a couple of photographers about potentially joining my team here but it's also nice just to kind of settle in a little bit and recalibrate and get used to the European lifestyle and and try and get a little bit of understanding of the industry here as well Oh, that's amazing. And yeah, you definitely have got such a, a business savvy, not only like energy, but also um, mindset and how you work. Like you literally, I don't know a lot of people that will be able to do, create what you've created in South Africa and then basically go overseas and, and, and start semi from scratch with, with building again. So that's impressive. Thank you. Oh my gosh. That's so wonderful to hear. Thank you. Sometimes we're just like in the trenches and it's, it's really nice to, to get that feedback. Yeah. It's, yeah. Especially when you're in it yourself. You're doing this as well. You're hustling and you're showing up. I'm always blown away by like your content, everything you're putting out. I'm just like, dang. Oh, it's just inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think yeah. I think that's the thing about what we put out there. We can, especially coming from a PR marketing background, you can put it in such a pretty sort of presentable manner yeah. when it comes to content, even when in written form, like the way we can write our bios and get people to write like do little entrepreneurial stories about us it always sounds more magical than obviously what it is behind the, the slog scene. yeah <laughs> yeah um but but i do find what you're taking on so incredibly admirable because it is there's so much of discomfort that you you're pushing through and and yeah. that at, at our age often i lean towards the comfort and it's only when i force myself 
to sort of adapt and do things like I really do not like showing up on camera, for instance. It's just not fulfilling for me. I've never been mm-hmm. someone who wants to be like in front of the camera and be a presenter. It's way more satisfying when I shift the focus and it's about the conversations that I get to have with people like you and then I can create content to put this out there and and publicize and put put the spotlight on other people. That gives gets me going. So how do you operate in terms of when you say you um looking at other photographers to sort of join join your team? Are they independent photographers that then just work with underneath your umbrella? Mm, yeah. So I'll, my entire strategy has been that every photographer is an associate photographer. They all generally have their own businesses or their own side hustles, or potentially they actually don't want that. They don't want to do all the marketing and advertising and admin. They like to just rock up, have that kind of creative fulfillment of doing the shoot and knowing that all the admin is taken care of by someone else. So it works either in that way or they are running their own thing, but then they still get the training and mentoring of being part of our team and just the team feeling and experience of it. So it works really nice. How did you come about putting that structure together? Was it something that you experienced elsewhere or seen elsewhere? I had seen it overseas. I'd seen it overseas on a couple of websites and it just just made sense at that time when I was again hitting that financial ceiling and needed to to bring on more people and and kind of diversify a little bit. And yeah, it's worked as a strategy so far. It's very cool. And what do your what does your day to day look like now? Are you mo- mostly indoors, um, behind your screen, grafting away? <laughs> yeah, it's still a lot of time um, behind my computer. But um, one of my aims of moving to Europe was to get a better work life balance and to actually to be able to step out from behind the computer a little bit more, or even just be able to take it with me to coffee shops and feel safe, which I, I'm doing, and that that feels really nice. Um, trying to get a bit more exercise in, which is really nice. Uh, Hamburg right now, obviously, we're in the middle of summer and it's green and it's beautiful and there's canals everywhere and lakes. So we go boating, we go walking in forests. There's lots of lovely outdoor activities and picnics and barbecues. So yeah, it's nice to to get a bit more balance in there and meet friends in coffee shops and yeah, just feel a little bit more like that quality of life has improved, which was my main aim of moving here. So. You are smelling it to me. <laughs> You're packing your bags and jumping on a plane. <laughs> I, I do have an Italian passport, so I'm oh, like, <laughs> come visit, come visit. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm looking for, th- for things. I was actually looking at doing another trip for both for work and pleasure in September. And then when you, you can't actually look at the exchange rate because it is, it's scary. And then yeah. I, I convinced myself by going, oh, I'm not going to eat three meals a day. I'm going to, you know, cook at my Airbnb and just go out for yeah. one meal and just have like two Aperols, but we know that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. It's way too much fun. Yeah. And you want to buy all the things and jump on the trains and the scooters. And yeah, it's, it's adds up very quickly. No, exactly. But I do. Yeah. That's, that's European living. I think it's such a incredible chapter that you've opened up for yourself, even if you do end up, you know, moving back to South Africa in a year or two or never. Um, it's such a privilege to be able to have this experience at at like our big time. age. Yeah, big time. And I think that was the one of the main motivating factors is being aware of what's happening to the South African economy, being aware of what's happening to my business right now. Like I say, we've we've never had such a finan- tough financial year. We are downscaling the team. So as much as we say, like there's all these great things happening and it's fantastic to sit and drink Aperol spritz in the streets of Europe, there's also that balance of like, an awareness of what's going on back home and what's saying to my team continuously, like upskill, take more courses, improve your CVs. 
we actually don't know what what the future is going to hold in terms of the South African economy, and it's a it's a weight definitely to to bear every day. And yeah, um, just last week I was having individual meetings with each team member and saying, what what are you doing? How are you improving yourself? Like, what's what's your next step? What can we add to your CV? Um, because that's that's important as well. Like. We, we need to continuously be improving themselves. I'm, I'm actually currently putting together an application for um, a master's degree here in, in Hamburg as well. So it is, it's this ongoing learning opportunity and we, we must never stop learning. No, 100%. And while we've got the energy to do, I mean, now we really tap into it. Yeah. I'm doing exactly the same, like oh, yeah. about women's physiology, anatomy and things stop like that. That's amazing. Well, if you can get like a certification or accreditation along the way and Added onto your CV. I think the the thing to think about and, and what I'm aware of now is looking back to where I was in my 20s when I didn't have this kind of awareness. And I wish I'd actually studied a little bit more then, but I wasn't in the right mindset for it. And now when I go, okay, cool, what am I doing now that I, that's going to set me up for the next 20 years? Like doing a master's degree now is going to be great for the next 20 years of development that I'm looking into. So yeah, if we can always look further ahead than we even expect, it's uh, it's a powerful thing to do. Yeah, and I think a key thing that can come from this conversation is that it really never is too late to completely uproot, shift, and change because I've got a lot of friends who are turning 40 this year, sitting with two kids in a career that they've wanted to move out of, but because, and it's scary to actually think I've been like best friends with a group um, of girls since we were all in our 20s, and now we're Mm -hmm. heading to towards a lot of them turning 40 and wanting to do career changes and feeling like they're completely stuck. They've got the responsibility of kids. Like, how do they do it? But I do yeah. feel like, oh, calling bullshit. Like, do it. Yeah. Do it now because there's never going to be the right time. Like, even when we started our journeys, there are all these sacrifices that you have to make. And yeah, you just have to plan ahead. I think the best advice that, um, and I've been chatting to someone who's wanting to leave corporate has been to just like, now you can't be irresponsible by just quitting your your job and and you know jumping into entrepreneurship but you can plan around it you can yeah. on weekends put in the effort start building start having a structure going for your business so that you can sort of as smooth as a transition can be kind of exit and start absolutely. this business that you you want to do absolutely scale down to part time have a good strategy around it speak to some business coaches have a really good plan like that's, yeah yeah, yeah and, that's a, and i think the other thing that people also struggle with is what else to do um if i chat to friends who are in the liquor industry wanting to get out like what um, else can they do because this no longer serves their lifestyle yeah um, but if i look back as well i'm doing now something that i didn't do three years ago like what one of the revenue streams the main revenue streams that I'm getting in now is invested in a business that I it's completely new to me so I think that's the benefit also of being entrepreneurs like you also say is there's this massive risk but because you an entrepreneur and you have to be like agile and flexible with with your business structure when things do happen and shit hits hits the fan like 2020 you can completely pivot, change, find new revenue streams, go into a field or almost explore skills that you've never tapped into before. And I think that's the, exactly. the great thing about entrepreneurship, giving you that, you know, capability that you can do that. Yeah. And I think it's also to take it a step further that it shouldn't be this thing that people can only do in their 20s and 30s. 
Like if we need to change our mindset about this whole like, oh, you hit 40, you're like over the hill, you're heading towards retirement in 20, 25 years. We know that this is not the case anymore. Our generation is set to live to 130, like healthy, fit, amazing lives to 130. You're not retiring at 65. Like don't think you've like hitting 40. So you only got like 20 years of work left. You might as well just stick it out in your job that you don't really like. No, keep changing. My challenge is like each decade of my life, I want to live somewhere else. I want to do a different job. I want to try a different pursuit. I want to see what I can do. And that kind of like change, like you've got this one life to live. Why are you sitting in one one spot in one job, not challenging yourself, not growing, not learning, not developing? Do more. Your yeah. life sounds like, yeah, that, that's, that's what a rich life is about. That's you know, not sit, and that's why I'm also was so open to moving to Pochipstrom. I mean, it's not my location of choice, but the what it's offering us for this time of our, our lives and stepping away from city living. I'm like, whoa! Like if I go back and visit, everything's pretty much the same, and yeah. there's so much comfort in being in yeah. the city that I w- grew up in. So. Yeah. By removing myself from it, there's so much that I've done that I've also, like you, I've never wanted to do. Back in when I was younger, I was not an academic. It was all about sports and I didn't want to, when I had friends who just kept on doing their courses and upskilling, I was like, what's wrong with you? Just go get into the working world and like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you just endlessly studying? <laughs> Now we want to do it. <laughs> exactly. Now I want to do it. Well, now also I suppose I, I can retain information a lot better because I know more or less what my passions are where in my 20s I didn't yes. really know I was so influenced. Yes. Uh, yeah. What would you say would, this is something that I'm just interested in my own life, what impact would you say continuously having to create content has in on your like relationships or just your way of being, like ha- having this strategy mind that's, often looking at, you know, recreating strategic content? Oh, the content beast, hey. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, like a love-hate relationship, more more hate than love that I have with, with online platforms like Instagram and Facebook, and now we've got threads coming out as well. I'm just like, no, why? We, d- we don't need another one. I'm pretty sure, a thousand percent sure that we don't need another one. Um I, th- I think it's a tricky one. So we, we finally feel like we've actually mastered it in the last few months, which is quite insane to say after 10 years of running a business to feel like we've only just mastered our marketing strategy in the last few months. But it has taken coming up with some really good content calendars, like really digging deep on repurposing and reusing content and just getting really strategic in terms of what we're putting out there instead of just creating stuff because you're there and something's happening and it looks kind of cool. Like, I don't want my life to be like that. I'm more about living in the moment and actually just enjoying it than being like, which camera angle should we get for this and how's this going to look good? Um, but yeah, it, do- it does come down to, to really looking ahead to the year ahead and being like, okay, what, what milestones do we want to hit? What touch points do we want to get to? What are our biggest revenue drivers? Knowing which uh, products and services have the highest profit margins on them and knowing that we should be pushing those ones the most. And then formulating a strategy around that. That's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just released online courses about this this exact thing. So this this year has been a fun little step into the world of creating online courses and now being able to sell them and being able to my thing is just empowering other entrepreneurs, especially female business owners, and being able to say, I've got all this information in my head. I've spent 10 years 
bumping my head against the wall, learning as I've, as I've gone along and making so many mistakes and so many mess ups. But maybe you don't have to make as many mistakes if you have a look at these online courses and it's marketing and branding and client management and profit power and all these things that you need. And they're quite holistic approaches as well, which I've, I've really enjoyed putting that in. I saw your courses. It's really impressive. I love following you. your work journey and to see what you guys are, how you guys are constantly evolving. It's really, really awesome. Thank you. We briefly touched on in the past, um, I know you said like reaching a point of almost like burnout and massive stress experiencing 2020. How did you, what was like sort of the worst when it came to periods of anxiety um, through your own entrepreneurship journey? Um, What was the sort of worst period that you almost went through and what was the cause and how did you, how did you push through? Surprisingly, actually, it was the beginning of this year that was literally the worst. Last year, we had our best financial year we've ever had, like post-pandemic, that kind of boom of business that came out of it, which was great. Pandemic, of course, was was stressful, but we didn't have actually as high costs as we do now because we were just running the photography business. It wasn't this whole big studio expense, photo book software that we pay for every month, such a big team. But we entered the beginning of this year and there was a financial downturn like I have never seen. January is normally quiet, but I think everyone in every industry was panicking. Um, and yeah, it was it was a really tough few months to start off the year. Um, not a great space to be in at all. And, and sat down and had some really frank conversations with the team where it was like, I actually don't know if we're going to going to survive this. We went into the red and it was it's a scary place to be in, especially when you are just still a, a solopreneur who doesn't have any financial backing for this, who's just kind of making it go from month to month to month. Um, and I actually don't feel like we're out of the woods yet. So to ask, answer the end part of your question of like, how how did you find your way out of it? I always, we still feels like we're in it. I still feel like ESCOM is killing my baby basically every day, which is a terrible, terrible feeling to to have. But we do. We offer a luxury kind of item that people don't need in their life. It's certainly not essential. And definitely it's one of the easiest things that people cut out when they when they don't have budget for well, extra purchases at the end of each month. Gosh, it's so different. Um yeah, operating in South Africa. And like you say, that's what it's never too late, um, or whether it's age wise or how far your business is to look at sort of other other avenues. We also, I got off a call with an Italian company and it was also for luxury products importing into South Africa for one of my side businesses. And it was just this completely different experience talking to them about this product offering that's so niche and premium and then coming from a third world country and the um electricity crisis that we're going through um yeah there are opportunities of course but there's definitely you know and we have to diversify and change how we operate and look at other ways of working um he's so lucky being in europe again and having electricity (laughs) yeah i mean it's making a big difference for me personally but it's still it's not helping my team who still are sitting through load shedding and our studio is still going through load shedding so yeah it's it's that kind of balance of how can we make the business more virtual we're obviously looking at ai at the moment the impact that's going to have on our business and yeah it's a there's some tough calls to make and it's, it's definitely a challenge this has not been a smooth sailing year no, that was the other thing that I was actually I'm going to ask you about, about AI as well. It's crazy to see. I spoke to one of my photography friends was saying that AI 
um, it, I don't know if it's already been like come out with it or not, but how they can um, AI can learn the way that you specifically edit the photographer and then help you as your business basically teaching your AI how to edit like you do and then that sort of alleviates a lot of hours of you editing behind the screen so it's crazy to see what AI um still has coming out yeah it's crazy it's 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 exciting but it's also scary at the same time um I had a meeting with some of my core team members a couple of weeks ago where we did we started the conversation about AI and I had to say to them like you're each researching a section of the business. So like admin and organization and photo editing and video editing that could possibly replace your job. Like that's a very interesting place to be in to say, cool, find out how great AI is that it might possibly replace you. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's an awkward positioning to be in. But yeah, there's incredible opportunities and hopefully it means that instead of um, taking people's jobs it creates more jobs that's the thing if you can do more and faster and more efficiently it's a pretty good deal and and supports more entrepreneurs i think that's the other thing when i was chatting to one or two people wanting to start their own business that delivery <laughs> that <Thank is>. you. <laughs> good service yeah the 200 rand coffee you got delivered right there yes exactly that's that's 350 don't worry <laughs> cheapest no i don't think it's that i don't think it's that bad. i've stopped converting what? because it's, oh, yeah, it's why did it. you add almond milk because then it would um, probably <laughs> probably and <laughs> um, and then in terms of uh, with with everything in terms you've got a lot of um you know juggling a lot of balls running a team a successful entrepreneur pushing through pivoting when it comes to your personal life, do you have any, I know we're always reading up about all these people's like healthy rituals and healthy habits. Is there anything that you swear by or? I want to be like, yes, absolutely. I'm meditating 12 hours a day and exercising nonstop. But um, I think I think it's, a, I mean, I hope it's, it's more of a myth than uh, we think it is that these entrepreneurs who are getting up at four o'clock in the morning and meditating for an hour and then exercising for an hour and then getting to work and everything. I just, I just don't think it's actually viable. Look at the service in the space. What'd you get now? Um, a croissant. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> just getting a good Airbnb rating. So. Oh, yeah. Five stars. Five stars. Um, but but no, I think I think it's also really important to cut oneself some uh, some slack as an entrepreneur. I think um, that kind of mindset of you have to be doing it all and doing that meditation, breath work, and then working and batch working and all of these things. Most days are just chaotic. Like that's yeah. like that's it. I think if you can find even just a moment in the day when you can sit and you can take a break and you can you can try and create more healthy habits throughout your workflow and work there. I think if you can't actually close your laptop at the end of the day and turn it off, I say this, but even last night I closed my laptop at like 11 p.m. So it's not it's not great. Um, probably the the best one that I've done is is just injecting more positivity into my into my thinking and to there's there's been a lot of personal growth over the last like five, six years of hypnotherapy um meditation of really digging deep and doing some retreats and yoga and just trying to get to the point of being really healthy in my brain so even when stressful things come along even when we have to downscale the team or we hit these financial curveballs it doesn't it isn't all consuming you can still it, like have good conversations like this one you can still see the bright and the light and the happiness and 
figure out solutions and plans going forward. It doesn't all have to be darkness and despair. And that's purely just from how you're getting your brainwaves to head in the right direction. Yeah, that's a new, very um, big area of focus for me. I'm like a big Uberman near the neuroscientist podcast fan um, and a lot of it goes like in and out because I can't retain the, the um, terminology he uses but so much of it like you say it's not necessarily about the daily habits if you do have great but a lot of it's more like you say the constant journey of growth through these hard times and how you are managing it and what sort of resources you're tapping into at those periods Um I also find it funny that a lot of the books that I've read with these rituals that they they talk about, a lot of the times it's either entrepreneurs that have already made it from a financial point of view, so they don't have that stress of constantly being behind the computer. So they've got, yeah. so they they're wanting to be more productive with their hours, <laughs> so they can sit and do the ice bath, the late gym, the fasting. Absolutely, they're like the Mel Robbins of the world who are just like, yeah, no, it's so great. You should get up to like an hour of that, an hour of that. And it's like fantastic. You have a team of like 300 people who are running your business. Obviously, you have the luxury of living your life like that. And and sure, we all want to get to that point. But in the meantime, yeah, trying to incorporate some small little bits and pieces of it along the way is really good 100%. as well. Yeah. And the Mel Robbins and all those people, they've got a lot of years behind them where they weren't able to do that. So exactly. we must be people of not com- comparing. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing the success that they've achieved and that they actually can get to that point. Yeah. Hopefully we can all do that. It'd be incredible. Totally. I was going to ask you more of, about resources that you tap into for sort of self, self-development self and self-growth or business growth, but I know you've mentioned retreats and you've mentioned you're studying now your master's. What are you doing your master's in? Um, it's a master's of science in innovation, entrepreneurship, and sustainability. Wow, that's a mouthful. Well, we'll see. I'm like submitting my application this week. So that's uh, all touching wood and everything like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a process. But it, the, the idea is obviously to build a bit of a network and, and actually to be able to create something that does um, have more support. And that it has been a, a very long and lonely journey as an entrepreneur. And I think there's not enough in terms of platforms and experiences and places where you can be um, treated almost holistically as an entrepreneur instead of it just being about your spiritual health or your business growth or whatever it might be. But let's see like what can be facilitated for you as a whole um, yeah, to be held and be supported. That's exciting to have that support. I'm like itching for a network of, of like-minded people because I might be able to find it from a business perspective. Yeah. Like if I, if I search hard enough, but from a in a in a small town and and sort of the systems and how things are yeah you know what I'm talking about you might not yeah. find the, the like-minded yeah. woke so-called yeah I know <laughs> yeah, it makes sense and I, I I don't want to use the stereotype but I think it's true of the like the little boys club that it exists in like the man's world but we don't really feel it in a in a female entrepreneurship kind of space of having that kind of supportive network and having mentors and people to look up to who have feel there in their 40s and 50s and 60s they've been doing this for years and they have all this information to share but I, I just don't know I don't know how we're tapping into it or where we're getting it or where we're accessing, accessing it so it's certainly what I'm trying to do for other female entrepreneurs but yeah it would be good to have that insight from more people and that support and that network completely yeah. um and my last question was um at what point do you feel and i don't i, th- I feel like after I've, I've had the conversation with you now i kind of know the answer i'm not sure there is an end point but at what 
point do you feel that you can sit back more, maybe work half days, not grind as hard? Like, what do you feel like you want to achieve before you can have more of a, you know, I can't, don't want to say balance, but more of a stepping back from your business and enjoying more other things in life, more hobbies? Yeah. It's, I think it's it's kind of starting to open that that box right now, like definitely the last few months in Europe, but it ha- is also because I've been giving myself the space and the breather to do that, of working maybe not a half day, but a three-quarter day, of, of making sure I am prioritizing my physical and mental health. Um, I think it's it's taken a decade of running my company to get to the point that my team is really strong and they know what they're doing. And being able to step back a little bit from that and be like, no, you guys, you've got this. Like, it's it's fine. I'm about to go um, on holiday for two weeks. And, and we, we know, like, the term holiday as a business owner is a, is a tricky one because, obviously, you're still taking your computer and your phone with you. You're always going to be on call to to answer those tough questions and make those high-level decisions. But I do plan to to rest a little bit more and have a bit more of a break. Um, but then again, I'm about to go and do this Masters of Science and and study. And so it, it goes in roundabouts, but it does feel like it's heading more in that direction of not feeling like this endless struggle of wake up super early, work for 14 hours, go to bed, do the same thing the next day. So yeah, I don't know if there's a, if there's a succinct answer in there to your question. <laughs> Oh, it definitely is. It definitely is. I think I feel like we're very in very similar phases of our careers as well. Mm. And I think, like you said, it almost comes with that ten dec that decade of yeah, really grinding, figuring out, having challenges, going through really big lows, and coming out on the other end to get to this point where you can reevaluate and step back a bit and go on those holidays and maybe enjoy a holiday a little bit more than you used to be able to. Where yes. We- be able to step away from your computer a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. So you, for you, you feel like you're getting to that point as well. You're at that point. I feel like I am. I think a big, big, big shift was this incubator, which I mentioned that I'm in at the moment because there, there's no family here. My core friendship group isn't here. The closest of friends that we do have, then hour to two hours drive away in Joburg. So so we really put down, whenever we go through a little bit of a dip, we just keep, we're calling it Project Poch, and we year with like a goal, and yeah. we year with like heavy manifestations that we've been putting out there for future life that we want. And at the right. moment, we're on a good, um, in a good rhythm of achieving things. So I think for now, we're in a good season, and I am able to step away and have a lot more of a um, so-called balance or switching off from uh, work, um, which I didn't phenomenal. have in the city. Um, yeah. So because so many of my city distractions aren't here. Yeah. So. You're outside of hustle culture, which is is good. It's one of the benefits of small town living, right? Exactly. And because I grew yeah. up in hustle culture, um, this is, and then my stint in London was also even glorified hustle culture. <laughs> So this is a very refreshing space to be in and to who do I want to be when I move back to Cape Town because that's what we want to do. Like, Where do we want to live? What do I want to create work-wise? What sort of lifestyle do I want to create? So that's all in Project Porch in the making. I love it. One of my friends phrased it so well at dinner last night where she said, like, to actually get the chance to discover what your natural rhythms are. To not be like, I've got to be at my desk at 9 a.m. I've got to work, I've got to do this thing, then I go for a cycle, then I do a thing. To actually just give yourself the space to be like, 
what time would I naturally wake up? Like, what would I want to do when I get up? How many hours would I actually want to work a day? What would I want to get out of that? This is a nice way to like look at it and phrase it and like feel into your space and feel into your body and feel into your business instead of just having to hustle nonstop. It's not healthy. No, and it's that's a really nice way of phrasing it. I feel that for the first time in my life, I've got so much peace and contentment to create a lot of my own rhythms. Like, for instance, this morning, for me, it's very important to be able to like sit down for a podcast chat and to not have you know a whole bunch of tabs open a whole bunch of things on my to-do list to action in the morning because yeah I just tell myself like energy needs to go yeah and yeah. so go for have a bit of a lying go for a longer walk because I know if I come back and I sit behind my computer I'm going to be doing 101 other things and then suddenly go oh gosh have to connect I'm on a call right now so <laughs> well that's what I did so <laughs> I was guilty as charged in terms of that literally up until like two seconds to 11 I was still replying to team messages and emails and doing things but yeah it's uh, guilty as charged on that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well from my side from the from the host perspective I feel like <laughs> I have to I have yeah, to operate yes. a lot more of like strategy behind Get into that mindset yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Oh, but it was so nice chatting. It's been the best. I was yeah. just see your face again. Oh, my gosh. We'll stay in yeah. touch and you enjoy your croissant. Thank you. Thank you. I'm quite excited about it. It's looking really good. <laughs> hey, guys. It's me again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please can you subscribe so that you are notified as soon as new episodes drop. And share the stream podcast with your friends and family and co-workers who are just as inquisitive as you are about learning and improving their quality of life. And then lastly, if you want more mental health and business resources, inspo and podcast recommendations, just a reminder to subscribe to my monthly stream newsletter. No spam, just pure, positive value delivered straight to your inbox.